0: And her children. He said, "Verse five. I beseech ye, I beseech thee." And the next word in verse five is what, lady? lady. And then verse thirteen, he said, "The children of thy elect sister greet thee." Our heavenly Father, I need your touch tonight, and uh, I already feel your presence. Uh, but as I stand here, I realize that the arm of flesh will indeed fail me. It has failed me. Many, many times I've stood in this place and felt empty and so now I yield myself to you and the best way I know how from the top of my head to the sole of my feet is my desire to please you. I realize the fear of man is a snare and Lord I pray you'd give me backbone and courage to say everything that I ought to say in the manner in which it should be said and then give me discernment and wisdom. Uh, not to say things would bring glory and honor to the Lord Jesus Christ. Exalt the Savior and exhort these saints to go on another mile. Enlighten your word, Holy Ghost. Illuminate this great revelation of truth. And let us leave here with a better handle on it than when we came in the door. And then in just a little while, when Brother Gravely comes, I pray you'd touch him and feel him. And you've used him all across this country. And you've raised him up as a voice for old-time religion. And I pray now you'd touch him again tonight and use him to help me and these other men of God to carry on until the trumpet sounds. We are looking for the blessed hope. But until then, may long live old-time religion until you come. Amen. And you can be seated. Brother Whitmore's here, and and I don't uh, claim to have apprehended Though I'm 60 years old now, and it just seems like time flies by, and I'm looking at some white-haired saints who've been in the way a lot longer than myself, so I don't speak with all authority, but I speak with some authority when I say <clears throat> that I've lived long enough now to watch the devil attack some things. Uh, and uh, I think I lived long enough to watch him attack that King James Bible and outside of our crowd and you understand that we're a subculture uh, they think that uh, they honestly think that you know that the Southern Baptist Convention is conservative you all understand they don't even know that we exist they'd shut us down in the morning if they knew we were here I'm telling you we are, we are, we are, we're, we're a minute uh, dot in the pond of so called Christianity today And I watched the attack on the King James Bible, and don't get nervous, and I'm no quitter, but the devil has won that battle. He didn't win it with us. There will always be a remnant. And, you know, I'm I'm talking about he didn't win it with us, but go to most Christian bookstores. When you leave the Bible Belt over here, you go west into our area, especially Nashville, the headquarters of the Southern Baptist Convention, You can't find a LifeWay bookstore that has a King James Bible. You have to go to Dollar General to find them. We buy every one of them, give it to our bus kids. Every Dollar General King James Bible. If y'all want to buy some, send them to us. Amen? You can't find a King James. They won the battle. The devil had put his crosshairs on the authenticity of God's Holy Word. And now, a lot of your crowd, a lot of your families, done gone to the ESV and the NIV, and it, it's never going to stop. In our country, they got the cowboy Bible. And instead of saying amen, they say ye haul. Uh, I call it blasphemy. Somebody say amen. And then I watched him in my lifetime, the devil put his crosshairs on the home. Now, I'm going to say a couple things right here, and I'm not, I'm not trying to make anybody feel bad. I'm just being honest. But when I grew up, divorce was a bad word. In fact, when you filled out a credit application, if you put divorce by your name, if they checked divorce, that was a mark against your credit because you couldn't keep your word with your mate under the authority of God and assembled witnesses. So how are you going to keep your word to a banker? Now, don't bow your head. I'm not ready to pray yet, and, I, and I'm, not, I'm not picking on you. If you're divorced, I'm glad God can draw a straight line with a crooked stick. Yeah. But the truth is, the home has been under attack. Yeah. And, and who would ever, th- I mean, and just say what you will, the devil's won that battle. Now, he had not won it with all us. I'm going to stay with my wife, praise God. Yeah. I mean, I, I've stayed with her this far, praise God, listen, through hell. Somebody say Amen. And sir, if I can, you can. don't you whine. If I can, you can too. Somebody say amen. Don't you suffer through with the rest of us, amen. Amen, Brother Tony. It ain't never been easy to stay married. It's hard to stay married to a good woman, amen. But the marriage in the home, who would have ever thought, I mean, and I'm not trying to do the push button. I mean, you know, whenever it gets down, just saying what a day that'll be and everything will get better. Somebody say amen. We keep that on automatic pilot at our church. It's dead just, I say, what a day. I mean, and I'm, it explodes in there, praise God. But the truth is, I never even knew of a sodomite when I was, We had one man talk kind of sissy in my community. And my mama didn't know what a sodomite was. I, I look back on, can I tell you, can I talk to y'all before I preach? And I ain't going to be but a minute, Brother Gravely. but... uh. But my mama, what Brother Roloff preached for us and he used that word sodomite and he said homosexual. This was back in 1971, 72, I was about nine, 10 years old. And we were riding home and my mama leaned over, this is how naive my mother was. She leaned over to daddy and said, what was that Brother Roloff talking about a homosexual? My mother, she'd already had three children. And Ma- daddy said, come here. And he said, psh, psh, psh. And she said, they ain't no way, there's no such a thing as that. <laughs> She turned red as blood. She said, you lying. And I didn't know what it was. Now I look back, I knew exactly what he told her. Somebody help me. She was so naive. We had one little sissy talking man, and he was a florist in our town named Ed Sweat. He's dead and in hell probably tonight. Is everybody okay? And, and he, he was a sissy talking. I said, why is he talking? It, oh. <laughs> a, a, a sodomite. Now, and this day, transgender and all that doings. Marriage had been under attack for a long time. And, and it's called holy matrimony. And by the way, all this getting married out of airplanes, I ain't doing that stuff. If you come to our church, remember, we're not marrying you in a barn. We're not marrying you out in a cow pasture. We're not marrying you riding a bull. Somebody help me. I see people getting married, holding hands on two horses. It, it, God help, that's silly as mud. There ain't no God within a thousand miles of that. There ain't no holy matrimony and a, and a horse lift its tail while you praying, break wind and drop a load. Somebody help me. Amen, Amen Brother Tony. Yeah. I, ain't, I, ain't I ain't no sanction of God in that doing. Somebody help me. Amen. That's tacky, that's silly as mud. Right. Hey man. Yeah. Hey man. I said, that's tacky and silly yes. as mud. Yes. Getting married out somewhere in a crazy doings. You get married in the house of God. Yes. And we've, we've lightened it so much, and now anything goes. And the devil has won the battle. I mean, nowadays it's all prenuptials and stay together for four or five years before you get married. That's in a Baptist church. That's in some of these independent Baptist churches joining a church shacked up. No, uh uh-uh, no, uh uh-uh. But now, we're watching a heightened attack on the local New Testament church. When Obama came in, they audited me. They targeted conservatives. When Obama was running for office, I called him a Muslim because he's a Muslim he lied to us at Saddlebrook Church, talking about he believed that marriage was between one man and one. The whole time he was a liar. He's a son of Satan. When he turned them rainbow lights on at the, at the White House, he opened up more devils, he opened up more doors to satanic oppression. Let me say something, Barack Hussein Obama straight out of hell, and so was this present regime. And they've targeted the church. I mean, who would ever thought that in our day, that we're gonna put sanctions where you can't meet just because of somebody's got a fever. We've battled all kind of pandemics, epidemics, and everything else in our life, but but they stepped over their boundaries and encroached on the church. And man, Middle Tennessee Baptist Church is still suffering from it. I know y'all way made it through, but we lost a lot of people. I'm talking about Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night faithful tithers, they were looking for a way out. We've not fully recovered from all that. And I don't know that we ever will fully recover from all that. And the devil's got his crosshairs on the church. And here in in Two-Eye John, you see the church is identified as a lady. That's really the only feminine characteristic that parallels the church as the bride of Christ. That's it, reproduction. That's what we are. Everything else about the church is masculine. All the allegories, all the, all, all the analogies, all of the types of church are masculine. We're farmers. We're soldiers. Amen. We're in a war. But the devil knows he can win if he can defeat the church. Now, I know, praise God, one day we're going to leave out of here. And uh, Revelations 4.1, that's when I'm leaving. I don't know when you're leaving. Yeah. But I saw a door open in heaven. and voice of the the sound of a trumpet talking to me saying, come up hither. And that's when old gravity's going to lose her pull. And I'm pulling out, praise God, and the church will be gone. And until then, there's going to be a remnant. And I just want to be part of that remnant. And I don't want to speak with some kind of a apprehension or uh, some kind of an ideology that, of pride that I'm, I'm above falling. Because, man, I see brethren that I've patterned after. I could start naming over men, Brother Blackwell that we've looked to through the years who are yellow-bellied compromisers everything i 'm going to talk about everything they taught us now they're mocking a lot of them, one of them preached around here a whole lot. They had a man named Phil Kidd. Is everybody okay? You say I wouldn't call out names that's why God called me to preach and he wouldn't call you to preach because I will call out the blessed fire names of these yellow-bellied compromising. To a turncoat turncoat hey man bunch of bunch of don't look down listen you. I, I was going to preach about five minutes you're going to take me off I, I look up in here I said yellow bellied compromising traitors made a living all them years off us and when your son wants to compromise you're going to follow him God help us Benedict Arnold, Benedict Arnold, and I meant to say Benedict Arnold. Somebody say amen. amen. And you're already bowing because I called names. Wait till I call yours in a minute. Somebody say amen. Hey, hey. Is everybody okay? Amen. Hey man. Amen. Hey man. I lost some of y'all. Amen. I need a watch. And the tax on the church. I need your watch, sir, if you can read it. If it's got Roman numerals, I don't use that. I'm King James only. (laughs) Watch this. Proverbs 31, turn over there. We're likened to a lady. There's a difference between a woman and a lady, there's a difference between a woman and a virtuous woman. I was privileged to be raised by good women. My mama was a good woman, my, my, my mama's mama, my mama was a good woman, my, my mama Hudson on my daddy's side was a good woman. I've been, been blessed to be raised around good women. Thank God for good women. And, and the Bible tells us, if you look at the parallel without argument, that a good church is like a good woman. And tonight I just want to encourage you that we build up the church. And we identify what a good church is. Just because it's got a steeple on it and a cross on top, don't mean it's a good church. And I've learned just because it says Baptist on it, that don't mean too much anymore. And this independent Baptist used to mean we were separate from the organized religion of the Southern Baptist Convention. Now that means nothing, so I do what I want to with no, with no accountability. That's not Bible. That's not Bible. It says in verse number 10, who can find the virtuous? Let me tell you, who can find a virtuous woman? A good woman's like a good church. She's hard to find. Hey, amen. She's real hard to find. I was in a fellowship meeting not long ago. They didn't call on me. I just said amen to everybody. Somebody say amen. They were real nervous. And, uh I was sitting there and, and one fella got up and he testified. He, testified, he said, You know, said, I was on vacation and said, Me and my wife were in such and such a city and said, Used to be all kind of good churches, Bible-believing churches. He said, I looked in the phone book for a good church. He said, I couldn't find one. Now, we're in the Bible Belt and around here, if you say Baptist church, there's one up every holler: Unity split off of fellowship, fellowship split off of one accord, one accord split off of, you know, love one another. Somebody help me. They everywhere you turn over in North Carolina, South Carolina. But to be honest, find a good one. I mean, I mean, music don't make a good church, but I ain't never been in a good church that didn't have good music. Somebody help me there. I I mean I go to these churches now, says they what we are, and the very first song starts off something wrong with that. A, A good church is hard to find. A good woman's hard to find. I'd hate to be looking for a wife in the year 2023. Young man. I pity you in this hour because they're hard to find. They're few and far between. I'm telling you, they're precious. The Bible said in verse number 10, for her price is above rubies. A good church is worth something. We're trying to operate good churches or build good churches on spare time and pocket change. We're trying to operate and do big things for God with what's left over. But but a good, good church is like a good woman. Hey, when I was dating Tracy, friend, hey, it cost me. Now, some of you tightwads might have took yours to Crystal. Man, we took, I, I took mine to the steakhouse. You see, had to turn out. I, look, I see what you got, and I see what I got. Somebody say amen. I got a good one, praise God. I'm talking about good looking. I'm talking about the right kind. And I'm going to tell you what it did, neighbor. It cost me something. I didn't haphazardly get her. I didn't just find, well, if I could, no, no, it cost me some investment. It cost me, it was a valuable thing. I I mean, I spent some money on her. And I I don't understand this crowd, these boys wanna be on dating a girl, and then come Valentine's and Christmas, they break up. It sounds like a bunch of Baptist church members. Somebody help me. As long as it's not taking up no money, as long as we're not raising for a building fund, as long as there's not a mission program lying ahead, as long as it's not gonna cost me anything. Hey, I'm talking about a good church is worth something, friend. A good church like a good woman. Who can find her? She's hard to find. She's worth some the heart of her husband doth safely trust in her. God can trust a good church. Somebody asked me the other day, said, How come you only run so many? And so and so runs. I said, because God knows how many He can trust me with. That's a commentary on us. Hey, Amen. I know churches over in Western North Carolina, these mountains. I preach for them, brother, brother Woodby preaches for them. And, and I go and they got some of them got four and five hundred thousand dollars in the bank. Now y'all don't buy you had them out ready to pray yet. They got four and five hundred thousand dollars in the bank. The building's paid for. They got 15 people in the pews and they're so tight-wadded, they think they give $10 a month to a missionary, that they've done God a favor? Shame on them. Shame on on you making $110,000 a year and you ain't tipping God but $50 a week. Shame on you, friend. God gave you a good job, neighbor. God gave you a good income. God gave you a pension. God gave you some kind of a, a welfare. God gave you some money. Hey, God's entrusted us. He's given us some things more of a steward, of a steward's required for to be found faithful. Can God count on you? I don't know why I can't get a raise because you ain't tithing on what you got. I've been praying for, a, for a, a, some kind of a supervisor job. Hey, you're coming in late now. You want to supervise, but you clock out early and come in late. Hey, don't don't bow your head, friend. I'm talking about no wonder God can't trust you. Good church, like a good woman, he can trust a good church. And I'm talking about the people. I'm talking about I praise God for people at work. Manual labor is not a Mexican boy standing there standing on a sidewalk. Somebody help me now. There's nothing wrong with work, praise God. By the sweat of your brow, you'll eat your bread. Can God trust you? Jesus can trust a good church. Her husband, praise God, he's the groom. We're the bride. A good church, like in my text tonight is, a good church is like a good woman. Well, we ought to stand for the church. We ought to fortify the church. If it's happening now, if any work of God is taking place, it's under the sanction of a local New Testament Bible. It is not done in Kentucky at a Bible college. It's not Asbury Revival. It'll It'll be sanctioned under a local New Testament visible body of baptized believers. Amen, and I'll just go on and tack Baptists on it and you can bow up if you want to. Amen, friend. Amen right there. Good church, like a good woman, God can trust her. She'll do him good. It don't ever hurt you to go to church. I'm so sick and tired, of this little whiny bunch of millennials, I was hurt, at cho- I got hurt at a church. I used to go, but I got hurt in a business meeting. <laughs> he ought to have been to some of ours. Last business meeting we had, they were frisking people. At the door, that deacon said, you got a gun or a knife? I said, no. He said, you better get one if you go on in that beat. Praise God. I I had a pastor hurt me. I've got some shirts I'm getting printed up my picture on it. Said, I got hurt. Somebody help me. Are you the first one you think ever got hurt? You think him 12 apostles? The, the building stones of the New Testament church. You think they didn't go through service without some kind of offense? Without some kind of a hurt feelings? Everybody didn't pat them on the back. Peter got nailed upside down on a cross to die. Amen. Oh, I just, I don't, every time I go to church, I feel like the pastor's picking on me. Well, then straighten up. He never does call on my, he never does call on my daughter to sing, well, put some clothes on her. Put, put a Band-Aid over her tattoo. Put a Band-Aid over her tattoo. Somebody help me. And he may be able to call on her every now and then. man, Hey, listen, that's old whiny talk. We're in the last days. We're in the Laodicean church making the last harvest. And here we are trying to do it with babies. When I was a child, I spake as a child. I got my feelings hurt. I understood as a child. I thought, well, when I became a man, and in the originals right there, it means I put on my big boy britches. And when I became a man, I, I put away childish things. I, praise God. I, I put away my little old short britch, put on my car hearts, and I said, I want to do something for God. Hey, a good church, hey, that's like a good woman. Thank God for some good women. Amen. The Bible said that She's like a merchant's ship. She bringeth her food from afar. Good church will feed you. And she don't ask you what you want. She feeds you what you need. I was preaching in a church. I hadn't been back. I usually preach twice when I go places. My first time and my last I was preaching at one that had a little box, called a suggestion box. Honest to God, I thought it was a joke. And it was for people to write what they would like to hear preached. I mean, I'd put on the top of that over my dead body somewhere. Somebody help me. Amen. I learned when my mama used to cook, I remember the first time she cooked turnip greens in our house. I can vividly remember she had two big old brown paper sacks, grocery sacks. They used to be brown paper sacks. We used to wrap our school books in the brown paper sacks. And she had them paper sacks. And, and, and I could smell it when I walked in. I smelled those turnip greens when they were raw. They had a pungent smell. And, and I said, what is that, Mama? And she said, they turnip greens. She said, she said you going to like them. I said, I ain't going like no, to like them. I don't like the way they smell. And then she started cooking them. And you thought they smelled bad in that sack. When she started cooking them, I thought, my, my goodness. And I come through the house, I said, my word, them things. She said, you're going to like them, boy. I said, no, mama, I ain't going to. i to tell you right now, I ain't going to like them. Hey, Amen. Boy, she cooked them things. I cooked them all day long, seemed like. And it's, the whole house stank. And I'd watched her before. She'd done washed them in a two-bay sink. She'd wash them in grit and sand come off of it and move it over the other side. It looked like a, this looked like a pile of grit and sand where she'd clean them things. I said, I don't want nothing got that much dirt on it. Finally comes suppertime, and at our house, you ate what was on the plate. I'm so sick and tired of this generation. Oh, he doesn't like that. Whenever a woman says he doesn't like that, she needs the whooping. He only eats pizza and chicken fingers. That's because you're too sorry to cook, ma'am. See, nowadays, when you say supper time, women run out in the car. Amen. All the kids go jump in the back seat and say, where are we eating? Hey, hey, a good church will feed you something. Amen. Mama got to cooking them turnip greens, and finally she put, I said, don't put a lot on my plate, because if it's on your plate, you had to eat it. All oh, that my stomach don't feel good. Something else would be hurting too if you didn't start eating what's on your plate. You'd have multiple symptoms. Somebody help me. And she dipped out some of turnip greens, and said, sir, it looked like a charterbaker. And somebody, I said, mama, somebody done eat these. She said, shut up, boy, and you're going to like them. Man, I bit into them, and it slid on my tooth. It, this the texture. I didn't like it. But now that was, that was 40. That was 50. That was 50-something years ago. You better not put some turtle greens in front of me now. You better have a bottle of pepper salts or chow-chow and some hot water cornbread and a piece of Spam. Somebody say amen. Because I'll bite your finger if you try to get it off my plate. You know what that is? That's called an acquired taste. And a good church don't feed you what you you want, they feed you what you need. I just don't like that kind of preaching. I don't like that kind of preaching. No, it's not what, it's not his way, it's what he's saying you don't like. It's not the delivery, it's it's, it's not the mannerisms, it's not the volume, it's the message. Hey friend, and a good church will feed you what you need, not what you want all that 10 steps to a better self-image. Most of these camp meetings gag me. It's all happy, 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 happy. I don't see how you can get get happy out of Luke 16. Somebody help me. Amen. Is everybody all right? Somewhere you gotta reprove and rebuke. Two-thirds of the ministry of a pulpit is negative preaching, friend. I don't care where you come from. You got a King James Bible. That's what it says. Reprove, repuke, and then exhort with all long suffering doctrine. For the time will come, and it has come, when they'll not endure sound doctrine. But after their own lust, the desire for the forbidden lust, shall they heap to themselves teachers. Them teachers, they don't feed you. Truth. Truth will set you free. Amen. She riseth up while it's night. And she giveth meat to her household. Good church is working all the time. You said, Brother Tony, don't y'all have hours in your office? We have hours. We have time. We used to have church. We have three services a week plus soul winning visitation. Plus soul winning visitation. I didn't say a bad word. I said plus soul winning visitation. Plus soul winning visitation. You know, like Jesus did. Somebody help me. Now watch me. But Middle Tennessee Baptist Church is on the clock 24-7. They just left yesterday to the Philippines. We sent four of ours over there. We support Edgar Nodo, one of the best, strongest Baptist over in the Negra, the, 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 the island of Negra in the Philippines. Strong preacher. God's man. We just sent, We got dollars all over, all over the globe as I speak. In other, where the sun sets in another country, the sun rises on another side of the horizon. I'm going to tell you what's happening. Middle Tennessee Baptist Church, got people working everywhere. Amen. The sun never sets on a good church's work. Well. And we've gotten so, we've got, I know churches don't support one missionary. Don't look down. I, my missionaries will tell me, they call, oh, we, we've got too many missionaries. Wait a minute, sir. Going to all the world preaching God. What part of that you've forgotten? And our role as, as Americans, as God's blend, the nation of America, the seed plot for truth, our goal is to fund that stuff. Amen. 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 Good church considereth a field and she buys it. A good church spends a lot of money. I was back on them churches, got four or five hundred thousand dollars, won't spend a dime of it. What are they going to do? Leave it for the Antichrist? What, what you what, what, pastors don't talk to y'all and you deacon board, you deacon, bossy back deacons that want to run all that finances too tight, well we need to keep money for a rainy day, what about two rainy days give us this day our weekly bread give us this week our annual bread, no give us this day our daily bread and you say how did it work out for the apostles well the apostles couldn't pay their taxes April the 15th came due and they said Jesus we ain't got money to pay our taxes we ain't saving, he said oh it'll be alright Go listen to Dave Ramsey. Look up in here, my hind leg. The only biblical format for financial blessing is give. There is no other way. Give and it shall be given unto you. Shall men give unto you. Press down. Amen. And it works for the individual and it works for the family. And hey, man, it works for the church. Dr. Harold B. Seidler over here at Greenville used to say when they had financial problems. So the first thing they'd do is take on a missionary. he, 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 he said, Tony, he said, when you're having tr- 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 trouble financially, he said, add a missionary to the mission board. He said, put somebody on. Yes. Everybody okay? Yes. It's Bible. Good church spends a lot of money. Good church don't argue over how they spend it. Good church spends a lot of money. They spend a lot of money. Good church pays the preacher real good. He's worth a double honor. That means whoever makes the most in your church, your pastor's worth twice that. Amen. I I went to public school. I wasn't blessed like y'all. Double where I come from means twice as much. Amen. Is everybody okay? Hey, double means twice as much as anybody else. Good church spends a lot of money. She perceiveth that her merchandise is good. Good church knows good stuff. No saw logs from saplings, knows big woods from brush. My wife, man, it came about Thanksgiving, and you know, she ought to known. But she, she sent me at Thanksgiving, and said, run down there and get some of that, uh, get some of that that condensed milk. And she said, I want eagle brand. I said, All right, I'd done that before. And I went down there, it was Thanksgiving. And I mean, most every shelf, all that pumpkin pie filling was gone, cherry filling was gone. And I got down there to the condensed milk guy, and there wasn't, I mean, I'm telling you, there wasn't wasn't no Eagle Brand. So I'm panicking. Because my wife said Eagle Brand. I mean, I was having like the twilight zone. Somebody help me. And I said, manager, we got an issue. I said, we've got this condensed milk here, and it's carnation. And Miss Tracy said Eagle Brand. And he said, oh, Brother Tony, they, we've sold out of Eagle Brand. I said, well, do you mind if we go back in the back? Yeah. Then we went through every box in the back looking for Eagle Brand. I said, man, we got that. I'm talking about a 30-minute search for Eagle Brand. He said, run over there to Walmart. They may still have some. And I, I mean, I left Kroger and I mean, I, I, I treaded. I was trying to beat the crowd. I got over there and i went same thing. And finally, I said, sir, I said, my wife sent me after Eagle Brand. What I need is Eagle Brand. You understand? Watch me. Eagle Brand." And he said, oh, this great value is the same. I said, sir, hold up a minute. No, it ain't. I've already made that mistake last year. I'm not going to do it this year. I said, where do they make Eagle Brand milk? What state is it in? Somebody help me. Do they make it in Tennessee? Hey, I need to know. I got to go get Eagle Brand it's amazing to me, churches, anything goes. They don't even look at Sunday school literature and get something up there with an NIV verse in it. And then when the preacher finds it out and draws it to their attention, oh, he's just picking on something. No good church knows what's good. My wife don't buy nothing generic. Everything's got a name brand. Y'all listen to me. You say, Are you rich? No, we just don't get to buy a lot. Somebody help me. But if we got it, it's the good kind, friend. It ain't watered down. I, when, I get, when I get Frosted Flakes, it's got Tony the Tiger on it. I'll guarantee you that. Hey, Amen. Hey, we don't get that generic version. Hey, we don't get them Sam's Colas. We get Coca-Cola. Hey, because she knows the difference. Oh, ain't no difference in Coca-Cola. No big difference. Ain't hey, difference between a can drink. You open a can, just you. You take you take a bottle of Coke and you take an opener and you take that the cap off of it and a mushroom cloud hovers over the top of it. And when you drink it and burp, your eyes water and your nose burn. Somebody help me! And you know I'm telling the truth. And a good church knows the difference, friend. Boy, we need some good churches. She stretches forth her hand to the poor. They're generous. She's not afraid of the snow for her household, verse 21, for her household are clothed. A good church puts some clothes on you. A good church puts some clothes on you. And you gotta keep revisiting it because the next generation down, I mean, they, they'll, they, you turn your back. And I, I say it, if it's right to dress in church, it's right to dress when you're not in church. If it's right to be modest at church, it's right to be modest when you're not in church. Amen. That ain't an easy road to hoe, but it's the right road to be in. Amen, because Papa becomes the bad guy. He has to fight my all too. Somebody help me. Don't look down. I said a good church will put some clothes on you. She maketh herself coverings of tapestry. Verse 22, that tapestry. That's an insignia what that is. That's kind of like a signature at the bottom of a a painting. My my mama, she used to, people used to sew. Does anybody remember patterns? Does anybody remember cloth stores? They used to have them. I mean, they used to have them. flower sacks, feed sacks. I don't go back that far, but I go back to where they go buy cloth. And they'd get them patterns and they'd cut out patterns. All my sisters could sew, but my youngest one. They knew how to sew. And, and my mama could tell a stitch. She could see somebody's hem on a sleeve and she could say, Juanita well, Stowers sewed that. And I'm going, oh man, how do you know? She could see by the, by the way that she's lined a stitch. That, that, that was a dead giveaway that that was her work. It, it was a tapestry, it was an insignia, it was it an was identification. My mama could say, yep, yeah, Eloise Bonds sold that dress. Look, at, And she'd she walk with me. did Miss Bonds sold that? And she go, yeah, how'd you know? I know They could tell by the way it was stitched. Yeah. Nowadays, these women, they, they, a, pop, a button pops off a shirt and they go buy a new one. That's these churches too. They don't, they don't take time to fix anything. They just avoid the problem. They won't name sin. Amen. They won't fix anything. They just avoid the problem. They wanna make, hey, they won't tell, well, so-and-so compromised. That's why we kicked him off the radio. They wait for some cockeyed idea where they could get out and look good at the same time. Somebody say amen. Because it's convenient, it's not conviction. Amen. I'm not the almost through. I'm just about this far out. My mama could look at a stitch and identify who made the dress. Did you know a good church will leave a mark on you? When that choir started falling up in there and all them boys had them them King James haircuts. You know what I I saw, I said, the marks on them. Brother Philbeck put a mark on that crowd. They got a mark on them. You can see and look at them. Good church will leave a mark on you. You'll be identified. All this, well, it, you're majoring on the minors. First of all, there are no minors. There are no minors. We've already got a condensed book, 66 books. He's already, hey, he's, well, you're so narrow-minded. I'm just going to stay about that narrow. Somebody help me. About that narrow. Amen. I'm almost through. Good church, and my text tonight is a good church like a good woman. I'm going to skip over some of this. But she's strong. Strength and honor are her clothing. Good church is strong. My wife had my last two children back to back. She'd carry TC in one arm and Troy the boy in the other arm. And right now, my youngest is 24 years old, but you grab my wife's arm, and it ain't no cottage cheese. She don't work out. She don't have day out. She don't have mother's day out. She don't have me time. She has none of that. And her arm is as hard as an anvil. i am tell you, some of you men could, you know, she'd whoop you. I've shook some of your hands, I know. Is everybody Okay. Good church is strong. You don't have to go to a good church three services to find out they're against homosexuals. You can look up there at the choir and see who's playing the piano. And if it's a man, he's masculine. He ain't got no pink shirt on. I don't care what you say. It's pink for girls and blue for boys and it's always been that way. Go to the hospital. I didn't make that up. Amen. When you go to the beer joint, it's still a dress on a woman for the ladies' room. Amen. At a beard joint. Don't look down, Hoss. Amen. Hey, man. Hallelujah. That's good preaching right there, Tony. Tell it like it is. Good church, like a good woman. She's strong. She's strong in her doctrine. She's strong in her direction. She's strong in her devotion. I ain't, I ain't through, but I'm going to finish. She looketh well to the ways of her household. Good church is real nosy. I've had them say, ain't none of your business. Where was you last Wednesday night? What are you, a dictator? Yes, I'm the dictator because if I wasn't, your wife would be the dictator. God made me the dictator because if he did he knew your wife would try to take over somebody say amen good church like a good woman she's, she's no my mama used to say crazy things and she'd say Are y'all going out and I'd say she said, well put on some clean underwear and i said, say mama what, 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 don't worry about it she said yeah what if you have a wreck what if you have a wreck what if y'all had to go to the hospital and you got on nasty old drawers That's going to make us look bad. Y'all think I'm making this up? How many ever heard that besides me? All over this building. My mom would say, make sure you got old clean drawers, son. Don't go out with old nasty drawers on because you might have an accident. It'll make me look bad. You know what a church does? They pick in your business because you making us look bad. Hey, you causing shame on your mama. Hey, you causing disgrace on the birthplace. Hey, neighbor, hey, a good church is like a good woman. Hey, she look she looketh to the affairs of her household. She butts in. I do not understand my mama knew everything I was doing. I got to hurry. Her children rise up and call her blessed. It was about three months ago on a Wednesday night. And this has happened oftentimes, but this is the most recent time. And uh, we were there, and there's a hollow crowd. I mean, it wasn't that many people in there on Wednesday night. I think I could have thrown a lawn chair in the crowd and not hit nobody. I was about depressed. I know y'all don't get that way. I'm just talking about me. And uh, and here come this couple in, in their mid-30s. He sat down and I was recognized. I said, sir, we're glad you're here. Uh, introduce yourself to us. He said, well, Brother Tony, you know me. I said, I, I'm sorry. He said, well, I got saved here when I was nine years old riding the buses. Man, you know, he's nine years old, now he's 30-something. Yeah. And I said, "Then I was trying to carry on some rapport. I, I said, well, I'll probably baptize you. He said, no. That's why I'm here. He said, I'm back. Now that right there, I changed my whole message. I preached on I'm back. For about two hours I preached on, I'm back! He's back! And he's got a woman with him! He said, man, he said, I visited all these other churches. He said, they ain't in churches. He said, I thought my wife would like it. And said, she even said, this ain't church. He said, I just want to tell this church, thank God. He stood up. He Nine years old, last time he'd been on the bus. Probably came for a year. Stood up. He said, I just want to thank God y'all hadn't changed. Yes. Yes. Well, the next Sunday, I saw him, and everybody had left the building. Him and his wife were standing. I said, Brandon, I said, what about baptism? I thought you were going to baptized. He said, yeah. He said, I want to get baptized. When can I? He said, I'll baptized tonight or whenever. He said, I'd like my mama to come. I said, we'll do it next Sunday. And I said, what about you, Brett, his wife? And she just busted. She said, I ain't saved, I'm lost. Well, this she got down in the altar and got saved. Amen. Next Sunday, they both lined up to be baptized. When she came in the door, she teaches in the public school system, Riverdale High School. And ten boys walked in behind them. All of them had that long hair, had that old, looked like Rosalind Collins, had that old kinky looking hair. I thought they going to start playing Freebird. <laughs> I would have stood with allegiance, but... Uh, <laughs> About that time, I mean, they come in there, and all 10 of them, and one of them was in 8th grade and the rest of them was in 10th graders. Man, I'm sitting up there, I couldn't believe it. and I mean, I changed my message right away to a salvation message. And I preached, well, I said, if you're here prepared for baptism, you come on back. And that that couple and two others came for baptism that morning. And while they was getting ready for baptism, I extended the invitation. And all 10 of those boys walked down the aisle to get saved. I mean, shaking, weeping. They're down there crying. Her oldest son, he was in the 10th grade. His name was Wesley. But well, when they came into the baptistry to get baptized, I just said while she was facing, her husband came in with her and we were standing. And I said, "I said Wesley, what did the Lord do for you today? The boy, he went to, he, he said, the Lord saved my soul today. And she knew it was her son. And man, she's up there starting to shake. She just got saved Sunday before. And I can't think of his brother's name, but he's the eighth grade. I said, what did the Lord do for you today? He said, same thing he done for Grant. Said, said, said he, he, he saved my soul. Well, she's up there, all them boys got saved. It's been about three months since that time I've been baptizing boys, Families has been coming. You know why? Because her children arise up. You train up a child in the way she go when he's old, they know where to go back to. You read the rest of this, such challenge. There's been a whole lot of good institutions, but they ain't but one organism. And boy, that other stuff's so vain. Y'all have watched the rapid growth of some of this contemporary stuff around here, and these these defectors that's left their heritage. It's a shame and a disgrace. That's what that, a good, good, good church is a contrast to the strange woman. That strange woman will leave the God of her youth. She'll forsake the God of her youth and go to some kind of contemporary, something. and they'll grow, that's vanity. They ain't going to last long. The word contemporary itself, calm means get your attention. Temporary means for just a little while. That stuff's going to go pass by, and we'll still be singing the same old song. We'll still have what a day that'll be on push dial. Somebody help me. Let's stand together all over the house. Heads are bowed eyes are closed. I just want to ask you this.